Welcome to the Painters Dialectic Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Green, a painter and art educator living in New York City. And this is the introductory episode of the podcast. The Painters Dialectic is the title. I am the painter and I carry out dialectic, a type of critical dialogue with co-host of art, Kenny Jordan. Can you say hey? Hey, everyone. So Kenny is an artist based on the Gulf Coast and he exhibits in New Orleans. And our co-host of philosophy, Dylan Ahn. Dylan, say hey. Hi. So Dylan is a moral philosopher and a Buddhist scholar living in London. So this podcast is an art project expanding ideas of art into living a critically creative life. I was inspired to make this podcast after rereading a few of the Platonic dialogues. In ancient Greece, having the ability and time to discuss philosophy was the ultimate end in life. It is an act of pure freedom and self-mastery. Together, we demonstrate our freedom through critically creative thought. On this podcast, Kenny and I focus on creating new philosophies of art, while me and Dylan cover the essential topics to living a critically creative life. Okay? So now we'll briefly introduce ourselves. So why should you listen to me? Well, <laughs> I don't know if you should, but <laughs> me and Kenny got our BFA in studio art together at the University of West Florida. I then moved to Florence, Italy, where I studied old master painting techniques at the Florence Academy of Art. And then I got my master's at the Alfred Dusseldorf MFA program split between Dusseldorf, Germany and New York. And now I am a working artist and I work in many aspects of the art world in New York City. And I've also been teaching art since 2015. And I have my own ideas from this wide variety of art education and experiences. I also have a background in meditation, uh, mainly Zen meditation, and also Western esoteric traditions. And I'm very into science. I study medical illustration briefly. I've been in all kinds of things. So you'll see that me trying to bring that diversity to the podcast. Kenny, would you like to go next? Sure. Um, I'm a working artist in Pensacola, Florida, and educator, art educator. I'm really here because I care about healthy artists. And it's as simply as that. And uh, what type of art do you do? Uh, I work in crayon. So I kind of developed my own style of using crayons as a drawing tool rather than a coloring tool. And from there, I go back and forth for like my own discernments and come here to discuss them with you two. Any particular reason you chose crayons? It was the first thing that was in my hand at the time of like a deep thought, I guess. So I just put it to use. Okay. So going back to your starting point and mainly your art focuses on a relationship between people and in environment. Yeah. And also you've done a lot of diving into meditation practices and philosophy and things like that as well. Um, I've come to know that's what I've been doing this whole time. But <laughs> I was just been doing a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Dylan, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah. So I'm currently a PhD student at uh, UCL. I also did my MPhil and my bachelor's at UCL as well. I studied philosophy for my undergraduate. Uh, and I wrote a thesis on the self, which is what got me into Buddhism, because they famously had a no-self thesis. Then in my MPhil thesis, I wrote about 
but a small responsibility, and I'm continuing to do that now for my PhD thesis. So Buddhism wasn't originally going to be my main focus. I thought I was going to do something metaphysical, but turns out Buddhism has a lot to say about the metaphysical, which has brought me here. And um, <clears throat> I was also interested in the relationship between the metaphysical and how we live our lives, hence Buddhist moral responsibility. So that's my academic background. My personal background, I grew up in Hong Kong, so I always had that uh, sort of cultural background. So I'm familiar with Chinese Eastern philosophy as well, so Taoism, Confuci Confucianism, that sort of thing. Not necessarily only Buddhism, but I would say in terms of my academic expertise, I'm only qualified <laughs> to make academic claims in terms of Buddhism. The other stuff just comes from me talking to a lot of people about a lot of random things. <laughs> right. And kind of my idea was to bounce in between both of you, right? Kenny has developed a lot on his own, right? He has a very individual way of thinking about things and doing things because that's the way he's always been doing it. <laughs> and then Dylan, very highly educated and researched and seems to know everything about every western philosophy and eastern philosophy there is so i bounce back between you know i'm i'm the little guy that flies back and forth between these two extremes gathering knowledge and building things so that's kind of the idea of the podcast it's it's kind of a broad podcast but here is the thesis for it right so it's called the painter's dialectic so in philosophy, you know, Dylan can co correct me after this. He's the real philosopher. Philosophical, philosophical dialectic is confined to logic. I know that's not the case completely, but I'm trying to make a point. Reason and thought are given supremacy over all mental processes, right? The West obsession with logic, I call it a mental nationalism, and it negates the significance of the other movements of the mind. By contrast, the art of painting does not sort mental processes by hierarchy of importance. Painting deals holistically with consciousness, valuing both reasoning and intuition, thought and feeling, effable and ineffable, real and imagined. The aim of philosophical dialectics is deducing the truth. What then is the aim of painter's dialectic? Through painter's dialectic, the interlocutors expand their consciousness by bringing their awareness to all visible loci of the mind without discrimination. The aim is not deducing the truth, but to know oneself fully, like an accomplished world traveler who knows many destinations and how to get around. The act of traveling naturally brings one towards truth, empathy, and goodness. Through dialogue, the interlocutors explore the mind, chart new territory, and gain an understanding of what is within them. There is a place on the palette for all of the mind, and with its pigments we paint the unified dream of reality, so know thyself. <laughs> Dylan, would you like to attack that first? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's an accurate description of Western philosophy particularly of like the old sort, right? You're right in that if you do any sort of Western philosophy from the Greek tradition, it tends to be quite that fashion. Something is either true or it's false, right? It's very, especially in the UK, 
It's very analytic as well, so we're mainly focused on trying to define things. You know, what is a tree? What is the definition towards these things? But I think the philosophical world have recognized, as you have, that that's simply not how reality works. It just doesn't work in the way we'd like to sort it out into really neat boxes of concepts and pure definitions. It just doesn't function in that way. So I think you're perfectly on track with what others have realized that this isn't sufficient. In which case, we need something else. We need other interpretations of how to understand the world we live in. And the more viewpoints, the better chance we have at probably getting at something that is useful. If, you know, hopefully accurate, but at least useful. Great. That's not much of an attack. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great. I like that. <laughs> and Kenny, what are your thoughts? I fully concur with Dylan. Just coming to seeing things on my own and um, just seeing a lot of things don't add up and just Western philosophy, you know, that's what we grew up in. So taking my chance to explore other means of understanding and see where we get. Yeah, I think that painting for me is a way to liberate the mind, right? That's what it's become. You know, I wanted to pursue, you know, the commercial artist dream, but I find it kind of empty and, and meaningless, but along the way, all the education and, and what painting allows is a type of free thinking that isn't really in anything else, right? right? And there's so much more to the mind. And um, in the podcast, uh, we cover, you know, thinking about brain states, all the different brain states throughout the day and how to use them, how to use meditation. We go down different lines of thought, me and Dylan do, um, a series on epistemology. What is truth? And can we ever arrive to it? And ultimately, you know, what we see is that Gödel showed us that we always need something outside of our system of truth to verify it, right? You can have proof and truth at the same time. And so, you know, there's this whole world of instinct and intuition, mysteries of expanded states of consciousness that have been denied by kind of colonized thought, right? that there is one way of thinking and living that is superior and we end up crushing the the diverse religions that have been evolving for thousands of years saying that they are primitive or uh whatever you know and it's it's a big wound to to the the creativity of all of humanity so and there's also a lot against us you know we now live most of us live in a society of extreme abundance right and no longer is the uh, main difficulty survival but it is uh discipline and regulating yourself and and fighting against sugar and and <laughs> drugs and alcohol and excessive sex and and those who have too much become complacent and and greedy and those who have too little become desperate and lose their thinking abilities and there's not a strong middle ground and also we have all these states with, that are attempting to control thought and education systems that don't promote critical thinking. Uh, so this is our little act of uh, freedom, <laughs> right? Our little tiny stance against these giant impossible forces. Uh, what do you guys think about that? Oh, oh okay. Um, yeah, art for me is, it was kind of like the equalizer. Um, between just life and then like fixing or not say fixing but dealing with some of these problems like you would notice in life 
It's just very reminiscent of like um one with like gain like emotional intelligence. So just having to sit with yourself and a lot of these circumstances and come home and try to like apply things that you may creatively be interested in. You will run into like similar thought processes. And then it's like, okay, I think there's a link between the two. So um I, I think art and any type of um self-reflection and like push or creation afterwards i think they have to deal with a lot of this right and me and kenny's episodes mainly deal with the intuitive mind right uh, a lot of the things we we talk about are very loose maybe a little bit irrational but if you're an artist that's the space you have to go into to really create something new you have to transcend the irrational system break your your norms of thinking to get to a new place and then you integrate that within the known system that's expansion right um so just be aware of that (laughs) (laughs) and dylan what are your thoughts yeah i think one of the first things that ever draws like a philosophy student is the idea that a life unexamined is not worth living but we don't actually know what that means. So we like it because it sounds cool, but we don't really come to appreciate what that means until we start doing philosophy in academic sense. And then we get a bit disillusioned because we're told a lot of ideas and we're told to criticize and to be you know, critical and to be evaluative of those ideas, but we don't know what to make of it. So a lot of my students who are now undergraduate <clears throat> look at a lot of fascinating philosoph- philosophy but they don't know what to do with all this information that they've learned. It seems like it's just another bunch of stuff that they now have to memorize and to reproduce and try and present in a clear way. That seems to be academic philosophy in a nutshell. But the whole idea of examining your life is something more practical than that. It's supposed to be paying attention right, to what you pay attention to. It's supposed to be informative and it should be reflective and it should express itself in how you go about living your life, your values, your morality, how you treat others. Maybe something not as big as your meaning of life, that is something that is perhaps personal and maybe you shouldn't let old philosophers tell you what your meaning of life is, but at least it should help you ask questions that you didn't think of. Um, and it seems like academic philosophy is more interested in telling you answers than asking questions. So this particular project I found fascinating, but it's because it's sort of coming at philosophy from a new angle again. It's asking questions again. It's trying to examine and to throw away, imagine if I didn't know all of this stuff that was taught to me, how would I go about thinking about these things? But of course I have... Uh, a background of those ideas and I know you know which ones have already been discussed before and where the conversation is at so I can sort of preemptively avoid a lot of biases and the problematic thinking that has happened before Um, but I think it's good because the whole project is ultimately whether you know you're an artistic person or otherwise it can still be applicable the skills that you're supposed to meant to gain from philosophy or from art is still meant to be applicable even if you're not an artist or a philosopher right that's the main thing i think every week you say don't forget to be creatively critically creative right 
And I've sort of thought about what you mean by that. Do you have a definition as to what you mean by being critically creative? Yeah, it's, it's one of the things uh, many systems try to crush out because the survival of the state depends on obedience, right? You know, why, why is being critical and creative such a threat? Because it's incredibly powerful. You possess a lot of power, right? Ideas, information is what really runs the world, is really what shapes the world, right? And by developing your own natural resources, your own intellectual resources, your own intellectual power, you become a force of nature, right? And um, can shape the world around you. So thinking critically, you first need that, that ability to concentrate, to focus, and to critically analyze what is happening to you. The ultimate teacher is your life, right? That is the thing you need to study. That is the ultimate teacher is your life and nature. And you need to study it in depth, right? And first, you also need the second teacher is that little voice inside of you, that instinct, right? That intuition. Everyone else is just a guide. No one else has the answers for you. And we don't have this anymore. We, we listen to the guides and treat them as the ultimate teacher because we're used to an intellectual welfare state, right? When you're out in the woods, you end up like Kenny, right? You, you build tactics and ways of thinking to survive an environment. You adapt. Um, you need creativity, right? Also not just the criticalness to know what's happening, to, to comprehend what's happening. You then need these irrational, um, intuitive abilities to transcend what you know and to make new bridges, to see new possibilities, new ways to synthesize um, what you already have gained, right? So creativity is a more advanced function. But if you can marry the two, these two powerful forces of mind, then you can be a liberated individual right? A true free thinker. And there isn't really any real liberty. All we get in life is responsibilities, right? And we have to learn how to deal with what comes, right? That's all we get, you know? But the freedom is in our ability to choose and to act voluntarily, right? If you are not acting voluntarily, you're not free. And the only way to break free of your involuntary actions, your robotic, animalistic nature, is through critical and creative thinking. What do you guys think? Josh. <laughs> <laughs> That's the show, right? <laughs> Sounds like it. Yeah, and uh, we think of ourselves as guide. We are acting out, you know, what we believe is good and what would be helpful to society, but we in no way intend for this to be what you should think. We want to give you tools to find your own way, right? To study your life, right? And to study yourself and to develop your instincts and intuition. That's what we want to give you. You know, kind of where I'm at is that, you know, I have to track my life. I have to track the forces that are trying to shape my life and the systems I'm flowing through. And the two main tools are study, and meditation, right? Being able to silence the mind and clear the mind out through meditation and the ability to concentrate and quickly reflect on what I've already done and what's happening to me, right? Those are the two paths 
critical and the creative. I think you're definitely right that we're often told a lot about or asked about what we think, but we certainly don't talk about or get asked about how we feel about certain things. Because I guess academically, there is a dominion and an expertise over thoughts and ideas, right? Someone can know a particular person's ideas and thoughts better than you, but there's no authority on how you're supposed to feel, right? I mean, people say that you should feel this way or you should feel another way, but if you feel a certain way, no matter what someone else tells you that you should feel, you know, you can't force yourself to feel another way. If you feel a certain way, that's how you feel. And I guess a lot of people think that, oh, feelings aren't something that is necessarily useful because it's hard to communicate or it's hard to work with. But it is, as you mentioned, it's sort of your intuition. It's all you've got. Even if you listen to a bunch of podcasts and people tell you, oh, these are the thoughts that exist in the world, if in your experience these thoughts don't feel good to you or they don't work for you or it doesn't make you feel more at peace or happier or whatever, it just doesn't work. Those thoughts aren't particularly suitable or useful to you. And that's the thing we don't necessarily acknowledge or talk about enough, right? We don't acknowledge the fact that maybe some ideas are not necessarily good or bad or right or wrong, but they're just suitable or unsuitable. And there's benefit to discussing a variety of ideas just in case it may be suitable for someone, even if it's not suitable for us. Right. Sometimes we discuss things that are a little bit out there. Right. You mentioned your experiences with dream yoga. Maybe that might not be suitable for a lot of people, but it may be suitable for some. So it's worth discussing. It's not something that you know, we should throw out just because it happens to be a little bit out there. Although there, we do tend to hold back a little. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, there's nothing more ignorant than throwing the things away out of fear or you think they're stupid, right? Mm -hmm. Everything deserves, you know, some looking into, right? Especially things that have been around for a few thousands of years. If they've been around that long, they probably have some utility, right? Yeah, what do you think, Kenny? No, I completely agree with Dylan. I think he hit it on the head. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's the show. If you enjoy the show, please reach out to us communicate us, uh, participate in it, you know, let us know what you want or what you don't want or whatever, you know, just someone reach out. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy the show. And remember to be critically creative. There we go. <laughs>